Hey, BSN Denver listeners. We're really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out today. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural. It's also not psychoactive, and the coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2010 at checkout. That's promo code BSN2018 to get your StravaCraft coffee for 20% off and shipped straight to your door. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumwood. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> a special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. What's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented today by Total Beverage. Right now, for a limited time at Total Beverage, they have an exclusive deal going on for BSN listeners. You can get $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app by using the promo code BSN10. So again, if you use that promo code BSN10, you can save $10 off a $50 order or more for all your parties. Have it delivered right to your door. Of course, Total Beverage now delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. So make sure to check them out online or on the Total Beverage app. Harrison Wind here coming to you after this Nuggets win 103-87. Denver takes care of business at home over the Miami Heat here on Monday night. Recording this late after this Nuggets win, so most of you will probably listen to this early Tuesday morning, but I still wanted to get down my thoughts on tonight's game. So I'll go over this win, talk about that run in the third quarter, who I thought the MVP of this game was or who I would give the game ball to and just Denver's overall second half defensive effort because that was probably the biggest storyline to come out of this one. And then at the end of tonight's show, I will drop in a little conversation, a little interview that myself and Christian Clark, who's not on tonight's show, had with Nuggets rookie Jared Vanderbilt the other day after Nuggets practice. Vanderbilt, a really promising rookie that I'm really high on. And I think he's going to be a major contributor for this team down the road. I don't think he'll play a lot of meaningful minutes over the rest of this season. But next year, beyond, I think he's going to be a big, important rotation piece for this team. So Christian and I caught up with him for about five minutes after Nuggets practice the other day. And I will play that audio in our final segment. Also, before I get going here, I want to remind you guys we've got some awesome post-game content on bsndenver.com right now. We've got a bunch of articles up from this latest win. I chatted with Paul Millsap in the Nuggets locker room about how Denver got its defense back on track tonight. Maybe the one key, I guess, in Millsap's mind that allowed Denver to get their defense back on track. And 
it's fitting that it comes from Paul Millsap, who I don't think was Denver's best defender tonight. I will tell you who I thought that was in a few minutes, but you usually think of Paul Millsap as Denver's defensive captain, their defensive traffic cop, one of their best communicators out on that end of the floor. So he shared with me what he felt like the biggest key was to getting Denver's defense back in order tonight. That's an article. That's a conversation you can only find on bsndenver.com. Also, a lot of chatter in the locker room about Monte Morris getting left off the Rising Stars Challenge. I know I joked last week, what was a bigger snub? Monte Morris getting left off the Rising Stars Challenge or Rudy Gobert getting left off the All-Star roster? I'll leave that one up to you guys. But Michael Malone said something after the game about it. He said it was an error leaving him off the roster, which I definitely agree. Lonzo Ball got injured. There was a spot up for grabs, and they gave it to Kevin Knox, not Monte Morris. So if you probably put those guys' stats side by side, if you put the impact they have had on their respective teams side by side, I don't think it would be much of a discussion. But a lot of guys sounded off on that and about that topic in the Nuggets locker room. So you can also find that reaction on bsndenver.com. Of course, uncut locker room audio from Denver's locker room after every home game and some away games that we are at. You can find that on the website as well. And also, an in-depth feature I wrote on Isaiah Thomas that dropped Monday morning. I spent the last few months researching, reporting, asking around about Isaiah Thomas's impact on this team behind the scenes, in the film room, on the sidelines, in the locker room. And really what I found is that he's had a profound impact on his team. His presence on the second youngest roster in the league has been huge. It's been a huge reason for Denver's success. Michael Malone recognizes that. Everybody I talk to recognizes that. Every player I talk to said that. And everybody can't wait for him to get back. So it's an in-depth look at Isaiah Thomas's impact on the Nuggets this season, even though he has been playing. Uh, and that is up on bsndenver.com. That's a free article as well. So you don't even have to be subscribed uh, to check that one out. So some of my big takeaways from tonight, just from a high level, this was a really important win for Denver. Losing three games in a row, Denver dropped those last three games of the road trip in Detroit, in Brooklyn, and then in Philadelphia the other night, all after that emotional win in Minnesota where Michael Malone clinched the spot and his staff clinched the spot in the All-Star game. A little bit of a letdown over the rest of the road trip, but this was one Denver really needed to get. You could tell Michael Malone really thought the Nuggets needed to get this one too. He said before the game, quote, our sense of urgency has to be at a season high tonight, having lost three games in a row with the All-Star break around the corner. You know Denver didn't want to limp into the All-Star break at, say, one and four in their last five games, or God forbid, on a five-game losing streak if they would have dropped these last two here to the Heat and to the Kings their final opponent on Wednesday before the All-Star break. So it was good for Denver to get this one out of the way, to take care of business. And I know Michael Mullen said they should have come out with a really high sense of urgency, but that wasn't really the case from the opening tip. Denver committed two turnovers on their first two possessions in this game. They came out sleepwalking. They came out too lackadaisical. Michael Malone said after the game, he kind of joked, but... I get the feeling he was kind of serious when he had to burn that timeout. I think it was 47 seconds into the first quarter, kind of a Greg Popovich-esque timeout. Probably the earliest timeout I can ever remember Michael Malone taking. 
he joked that he didn't know if he was going to have a lead ball handler, a point guard to run his offense through this game with those first two turnovers taking place. Really, that was kind of a microcosm of the entire first half, I thought. Denver looked lethargic. It looked like a team that could sense the all-star break is around the corner. The Nuggets looked like a team who had already booked their hotel rooms in South Beach. They can smell that breeze coming off Biscayne Bay. And I only choose Miami because I get the sense that NBA players love Miami like girls love Paris. It's hard to explain, but the weather, the nightlife scene, the extracurricular activities in Miami, it lines up with NBA players' interests. They always seem to go to Miami during All-Star Weekend. So I got a feeling the Nuggets had whatever vacation plans they have set in place for All-Star Weekend on their minds in this one. Maybe even had those plans on their mind going back to this last road trip where Denver went a disappointing one and three. They looked like they were sleepwalking in this first half for sure, and they needed a wake-up call. It's not like Miami was playing great either. The Heat had just gotten in late Monday morning, actually, from Golden State, where they played a hard-fought game that came down to the wire Sunday night. So Miami was tired. They were flying east after that game in Oakland, which is really tough to do, coming to Denver on the second night of a back-to-back. But still, the Nuggets only trailed by five points at halftime. I'm not sure what Michael Malone said at the half, but I have a sneaking suspicion he let his guys have it. And then the second half, Denver came out and looked like a different team. The key, a 16-0 run in the third quarter, starting at the 9-0-1 mark of the period, going all the way until there was a little under five minutes remaining in the third. Denver goes on a 16-0 run. Really lets Miami have it, puts their foot down, and really executes on both ends of the floor. The lineup that was out there for most of that third period played six minutes together in this game. It was the Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Nicole Jokic, and Mason Plumley lineup. That group was flying around on both ends of the floor. In those six minutes that they played together, three of which came in the third quarter, but they played six minutes total. That group shot eight of 13 from the field, six of nine from three, handed out six assists on eight made baskets, recorded four steals and outscored the Heat 25 to five. They were a plus 20 in those six minutes Monday in this win over Miami. That was the difference. And that's the group that was on the floor uh, for the most part of that 16-0 run and really in the third quarter where Denver put some separation between themselves and Miami. In total, the Nuggets outscored the Heat 29-21 to in the period. It could have been even more uh, if Denver was able to keep Dwayne Wade and Justice Winslow from making a couple two-pointers at the end of the period. Uh, but that was really the turning point for Denver. And that defense that I just talked about, that defense continued into the fourth quarter. The Nuggets came into this game as the best fourth quarter defense in the league by a large margin. Like, it's not even close. On the season, the Nuggets are allowing just 100.4 points per 100 possessions in fourth quarters. That's nearly three full points per 100 less than the Milwaukee Bucks, who have the second best fourth quarter defense in the league. And against Miami, it was no different. Denver allowed just 17 points in the fourth quarter. They allowed just 38 points in the second half, but 
The fourth quarter defense was especially impressive. Again, Miami only scored 17 points. They shot 6 of 17 from the field, 3 of 10 from 3. Probably the most impressive stat here that really shows how good Denver's defense was and how much they were flying around. They caused Miami to turn the ball over five times in the fourth quarter. So Denver was on its P's and Q's late in this game. And I mean, now it's just a matter of having this fourth quarter defense seep over to the rest of the game. We know the Nuggets can lock in on the defensive end of the floor when they want to. Over the last two months, they haven't wanted to. The Nuggets were a top five defense in the league over the first two months of the season. They've been one of the worst defenses in the league ever since. But the fourth quarter defense has stayed as the one constant. And what that tells me is when the Nuggets want to lock in, they can be a really good uh, defensive team. So I guess going forward, we'll see if they can lock in uh, from first quarters on. And it's funny. Denver came into this game as the 15th best defense in the league. And I looked up their defensive rating this year compared to last year before this game. They were actually only one point better per 100 possessions defensively on the year this year compared to last year. So that's a little look into just how far the defense has fallen off since that top five status at the beginning of the year. But after this game, after holding Miami to 87 points on the efficiency that they did, Nuggets are now back up to the 11th best defense in the league. So it just takes one game like this for that ranking to change. And the guy who really made it all happen, I think, the MVP of this game in my mind, obviously the defensive MVP of this game in my mind, it was Mason Plumley. And if you ask me who's been the Nuggets' best defender from game one through game 56, I've got to say it's been Mason Plumley. I was on the Paul Millsap bandwagon early this season. I thought he could be a contender for Defensive Player of the Year, especially if Denver was a top-five defense for the entire year with how he was playing at the beginning of the season. He's fallen off, though. He, he's fallen off defensively and offensively since he suffered that broken toe, and he's missed these last few games with that ankle soreness. And just having him out there is big for Denver's defense because, like I spoke with Paul about tonight, communication is such a intangible for this team. If they're communicating a lot, Denver's going to play well on the defensive end. If they're not communicating with each other, their defense will really suffer. And Paul is probably the Nuggets' best communicator on this team, I'd say. But if you're looking for a defensive MVP this year, I think those cards are tilting more and more in Mason Plumlee's direction. He's certainly been more durable than Paul Millsap. I mean, he's played in all 56 of Denver's games this season. He's an Ironman. We know that. Last year, he played for part of the season with a core muscle injury that requires surgery in the offseason. He played through that. And so, I mean, we know he's going to play through bumps and bruises, but he's been a rock. He's been steady. He's been so durable for Denver this year. Michael Mullen called his team out a little in practice the other day on Monday, pretty much for their lack of communication. He said pretty much that his team hasn't been communicating on defense. They haven't been calling out screens. They haven't been communicating with each other on switches. He was really pissed off about that, you could sense. And Denver took that to heart, I think. The communication was really good this game. And Mason Plumley was talking his butt off. I mean, you could hear him calling out screens, calling out coverages, calling for switches halfway up the lower bowl at Pepsi Center Monday night. So Plumley had a great game. He scored 11 points, 
brought in eight rebounds, was five of six from the field. He had three big blocks, and he also finished as a team-high plus 27 on the night in 31 minutes. He held Hassan Whiteside to just six points on three of seven shooting. Also, Plumlee's defensive rating in this game was 87.3. Denver only allowed an average of 87.3 points per 100 possessions with Mason Plumlee on the floor. That's a big-time number. But going back to his three blocks real quick, he had two, I believe, in the third quarter, one right before that 16-0 run started, and one that really initiated that 16-0 run. And once he registered those two blocks, that kind of put the wheels in motion for Denver defensively, it seemed like. Denver got more engaged on that end of the floor. They were flying around on defense, on point, on all of their rotations, communicating more. So I think Plumley was the MVP of this game. He was definitely the defensive MVP of this game. And his two blocks and just his play in that third quarter really got Denver's defense in motion, I thought. I want to move on here to Monte Morris's night. And other things Mike Malone had to say after this game. And of course, we'll get to Jared Vanderbilt's audio at the end. Christian Clark and I spoke with him for about five minutes after practice the other day. But first, a quick word from one of our new sponsors here at BSN Denver. It's Get Around. And if you guys are ever in need of a car, truck, vehicle for just a few hours or maybe a few days, Get Around is at your service. Get Around is a car sharing app. You can literally unlock cars near you through their app. And better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around, make some extra money for your next vacation. Get Around's insurance policy and 24-7 customer service have you covered. So if you go to get.co backslash BSN, you can save $15 off your first rental. Or if you visit that same address, get.co backslash BSN, you can also sign up for free to rent your car out and start making some money fast. So make sure to check out Get Around, a great partner with us here at BSN Denver, and it's a great service as well. Some other notes from this game, Nikola Jokic had a strong night, a quiet 23-12, and 12, I thought. It was good that I thought that he got three threes to go down. A couple of those were at the end of the first half when Denver really needed some buckets. The seven turnovers, not a great mark from Jokic there. Denver was a little careless with the ball, In this one, the Nuggets had 15 turnovers on the night. Not a good mark there. A couple other guys on this roster whose game stood out. Jamal Murray, I did not think had a good night. Finished with 10 points on 3 of 12 shooting. All three of those field goals came from three, but I thought he struggled. Will Barton, he was on the floor uh, for some of those really good moments in the third quarter. But again, I don't think he's really looked himself. And now 15 games back from that three-month absence, look, It's going to take time. Anytime a guy comes back from that long of an absence, that extended of a period while missing games, but Denver could certainly use a little more from now. He just doesn't look to have that burst. He doesn't look to have that pep in a step, that first step that he really uses to get by guys. So hopefully he can get that back here for the Nuggets, but it's obviously going to take him some more time. Trey Lyles, he really struggled in this one. Played in the first half, did not play in the second half until garbage time, so got cut out of the rotation. Was 0-5 from the field, was 0-4 from three. I did not think he was good on defense either. Messed up a bunch of assignments, messed up some rotations, was not good in transition defense. He was a minus nine in those seven minutes, so that's something to watch moving forward. 
do his minutes continue to dwindle here, especially with Denver getting back to full health? And we've talked about it on the podcast before. He's a prime candidate to see his minutes and rotation spot cut out entirely once the Nuggets get to the playoffs. Quite frankly, I'd be surprised if he's playing any more than eight minutes a game in the playoffs. And you got to wonder if Denver does get Gary Harris back and Isaiah Thomas healthy, which it seems like will happen, if not on Wednesday, uh, talking about Isaiah Thomas, surely after the All-Star break, you wonder if Trey Lyles' minutes will get cut out of the rotation entirely before the playoffs. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Wancho, it seems like he, like Lyles, his minutes are dwindling here. He's clearly behind Malik Beasley and Torrey Craig in the pecking order on the wing right now for Denver. And Torrey played 21 minutes, so I think that's a good idea of how Michael Malone sees him factoring into his rotation going forward and his standing above Wancho in that pecking order I just talked about. Monte Morris and Malik Beasley, the two other bright spots from this game. And I mean, it's just par for the course for these guys at this point. Monte was incredible. 17 points, 7 of 11 from the field, 7 assists. He was a plus 16 in 28 minutes. Of course, zero turnovers for Monte Morris. And then Malik Beasley, 23 points, 8 of 13 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3. No turnovers for Beasley, two assists in 28 minutes. I did not expect Malik Beasley to emerge this season as not only the Nuggets' most dangerous three-point shooter, but also their most reliable, too. If I need somebody to hit open three for me in rhythm, within the flow of the game, I'm choosing Malik Beasley. And if you would have told me I'd be choosing Malik Beasley for that shot at this time last year, I would have said you were crazy because he was very inconsistent with his jumper, but I've written a lot on it this year. I've reported a lot on it this year. I wrote a 2,000-word feature on Malik Beasley going back to last month. You can check that out if you want. It's pinned to the top of my Twitter timeline still, detailing his summer regiment, the new trainer he hired that kind of helped revolutionize his game and put him on this track this year. Uh, so, you know, his success is no accident. But those guys have been rock solid for Denver all year, Monte Morris and Malik Beasley. And again, they pushed the Nuggets to victory tonight. If you're looking for the four standout performers from this game, I think it's pretty clear. Mason Plumley, Malik Beasley, Monte Morris, and Nikola Jokic were definitely Denver's four standout players. I want to get to this Jared Vanderbilt audio. I think that's really all the notes I've got on this win. You do wonder, though, that 16-0 run in the third quarter that Denver rattled off, the 29-21 third quarter advantage that Denver had tonight, the 25-20 run that the Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Nicole Jokic, Mason Plumlee lineup went on in this game, a lot of that coming in that third quarter. You wonder if that lineup is a bit of a death lineup for Denver, and I don't think it's one Denver will be going to like at the end of games, like the Warriors go to their death lineup, but that lineup, you've got three pick-and-roll ball handlers. You've got Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, and Will Barton, three guys who can create, who can get other guys involved, who can find Mason Plumlee and Nicole Jokic rolling to the rim who can get into the teeth of the defense and kick out to open shooters. 
you wonder if having three really capable lead ball handlers on the floor and Monte, Will Barton, and Jamal opens up a lot of good looks for this offense because when this group was on the floor, everybody was flying around. Denver got really good shots. The Nuggets were playing with a lot of pace. They were getting out in transition. They were playing fast. Everything was crisp. And I don't think it was any accident that Denver had three guys out on the floor that could really handle the ball along with their two bigs and Nicole Jokic and Mason Plumlee who have played really well when on the floor together this year. So I would watch for that lineup moving forward. I think it's a good combination of guys and I don't know how much that lineup will play together when Denver gets healthy, if Denver gets healthy, if Denver ever gets that starting lineup back together that hasn't played since the second game of the season. But I liked what I saw from that lineup. It gave the Nuggets a lot of energy on both ends of the floor. They got great looks on offense, and they buckled down on defense as well. So that lineup, that group of five players, definitely a big takeaway from tonight. I want to get to this Jared Vanderbilt audio from after Sunday's practice. Christian Clark and I had a chance to speak with him, and I thought he shared some cool details about his rookie season and working with Nuggets shooting coach and assistant coach Mark Price. First, though, a quick word from Strava Craft Coffee. If you're not familiar with Strava Craft Coffee, they are a game-changing coffee that's enriched with CBD and has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. You got to check these guys out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. All right, without further ado, here is myself and Christian Clark's conversation with Nuggets rookie Jared Vanderbilt. So how's it um, just felt it to get out there after such a long absence from you know, playing 5-5 five five and all that? Uh, it feels good. You know, it's been a while since I... Got a chance to get up and down at 505, so I'm just happy and you know, just grateful to be out there. Yeah, um, I mean, I was at home, I wasn't there or anything, but you got a lot of rebounds in that third quarter. Yeah. It also looked pretty winded. How's, how's just the wind and the conditioning feeling right now? Um, it's getting better. You know, uh, it's tough because we don't really practice yeah. much, or well, at least we don't compete 505 much. So uh, I've been trying to do some extra, you know, conditioning on my own just to, you know, to make the process a little easier. One of the things Tim Connolly talked about on draft night, I mean, he almost seemed giddy that you were there at 41, but he, one of the things he mentioned was we've got a lot of skilled guys. We, we need more guys who can do the dirty work, and that's not mm-hmm. to say you're not skilled or anything, but mm-hmm. do, you, do you feel like that's kind of an area you can contribute to this team? Oh, for sure. You know, uh, you know anything the team needs uh, me to do, you know, I'm, you know, I'm willing to do that. That's the dirty work, uh, you know, being that mode or energy guy or whatever. Uh, I feel like we got a lot of scores, like you said, so. Uh, that's probably one asset we was lacking, or that we are lacking. So I feel like I can contribute in that role. You know, Nicole is obviously the centerpiece of this team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, only, I know you guys have only played together here and there, but does it feel like your, your games can complement each other well and you can mask each other's mm-hmm. weaknesses and compl- you know, highlight strengths? Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. I mean, he, you know, he's more of an offensive weapon. I would say I'm more of a you know defensive staple at this point in my career. So. Um, and uh, the way he passes, I feel like he's slashing, you know, dunker spot and on the defensive end, you know, me being able to, you know, guard one through five. So uh, I feel like we'll be very, you know, compatible out there together. 
seven rebounds in, in eight minutes the other night. Mm. Um, I mean, rebounding, everyone talks about that, but where does that, where does that like want and desire come from? Is it, you always had that in your game? Yeah, I think I just always had a knack for the ball. So, I mean, uh, there's no explanation for it. Just, you know, it's just effort, and, you know, just want to get it. Um, you know, coach told me I'd go out there and just play hard. So, that's uh, so what I did, and, you know, I just happened to come up with eight rebounds. What's the most rebounds you ever got in the game, you know? Um, back in high school, I probably had like 25 or something like that. But, uh, in college, you know, 14, 15. You talked with, uh, or when you spoke with us a couple of weeks ago when you first came back, you mm -hmm. spoke about how you've been working with Coach Price mm -hmm. really since the moment you got here mm -hmm. through now with your shot and whatnot. Did you, how aware were you of his accomplishments in his playing career as a shooter when you got here and kind of got comfortable with him and familiar with him? Oh, yeah, that's great for me. I mean, you know, he's one of the greatest shooters you know, of all time. So uh, um, for me to learn from somebody like that, you know, that's have a history of uh, being a great shooter, you know, uh, you know, I just try to take full advantage of it and, you know, just try to get better every day. What's that process been like going all the way back to when you got here mm -hmm. after the draft through now with him, just, just day in and day out working on the shot? It's been great. You know, we've been trying to get it consistent. Uh, you know, ever since the beginning, you know, we started off with form, so we just take it step by step. And each day, we, you know, trying to improve and, you know, just get better. So uh, he's been on me, you know, just trying to keep the same rhythm and stuff like that. So uh, it's been great working with Coach Price. What are what are the things he's telling you? Is it form based? Is it like with your balance, uh, mechanic wise? Like, what's he what's he preaching to you? Um, it's not so much mechanics. He said, you know, I have pretty good mechanics. It's mainly just just balance, I guess. Like, Sometimes I can come from injury, just kind of just complacent right. on one side. So when I move on a certain way and try to shoot, I'm off balance. Or um, it mainly just consists of shooting the same way every time. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when we track it, he videos it sometimes. When I shoot it the same way every time, you know, I make it a lot more, you know, percentage-wise. So that's the God, man. Please don't do that, man. Honestly. <laughs> Please. Do you, do you feel like you're a much better shooter now than you were when you got here at least? Uh, for sure. I think uh, I've been able to put up more reps. And, mm -hmm. You know, because it's been hard. I've been hurt so much, so it's been hard to actually just sit down and work on my game. Yeah. Uh, especially like even like a full summer or anything. I haven't had that in a while. So um, it's been good to, you know, finally get a lot of reps in. Mm -hmm. sure. At the uh, Hoop Summit, you played on the team with Michael Ford Jr. and Jaron Jackson Jr., right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, going back and looking at the numbers, that championship game, some really good ones. Too. Was that something that gave you confidence? Like I can for sure hang with the best of the best. Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, All right, I mean, kinda, yeah. I mean, I've been playing, you know, those guys and you know, big stages for a while. So, but uh, it gave me confidence because I had just come back from injury and my first one, and to actually come back and play in that game and you know do it and perform as well as I did. You know, that gave me a, a state of confidence. So I thought some. Interesting comments there from Jared Vanderbilt just about his rookie season, how he's progressing, how he's trying to get in shape, which is tough for him with the Nuggets not really playing a ton of five-on-five five in practice. He's doing some extra things off to the side, uh, just cardio, trying to get in shape, you know, trying to get his wind right here. And that's another reason why Denver wants him to be in the G League a lot over the rest of the season, just so we can get in shape, so we can get some five-on-five, five and so we can get some meaningful minutes because he's not really afforded that opportunity with the Nuggets right now in practice or in games. Also, I thought some interesting stuff there from his perspective on rebounding, how that's kind of always been one of his calling cards. He's just got a nose for the ball and also some cool thoughts about what he thinks about working with Mark Price. I thought it was cool that 
he was cognizant about how good of a shooter Mark Price was when he played and the opportunity he's got to work with him now. And I think from what I've heard and from all reports, how far he's come as a shooter since he was drafted to now working with Mark Price throughout the last, man, eight, nine months. It seems like he's definitely come a far away. You can tell that from just watching him shoot in practice now compared to when he got here and watching him shoot in the G League, obviously, and just watching him play there. It seems like he's already come a long way. So I think he's going to be a big factor for this team down the line, not necessarily over the rest of this season, but into the future. I think he can be a really good fit next to Nikola Jokic. Those two seem like they would complement each other really well. And I don't think it's even a necessity that Jared Vanderbilt gets up into the mid-30s as a three-point shooter. With how the Nuggets play, with how the league plays, you can have one non-shooter on your team, on the floor at all times. And it seems like Denver wouldn't have an issue surrounding him with four other really capable jump shooters. So if he's your only non-shooter, that's fine. He does enough of the other stuff, enough of the dirty work. He rebounds. He can push the ball in transition where he can really be complimented by a lot of other shooters that Denver could roll out there with him. I'll be excited to watch him if he gets in any action for the Nuggets here over the rest of the season and especially in the G League 2 while that season wraps up here over the next month or so. With that, that's all I've got for today's show, guys. I do want to remind you, though, we're doing an awesome subscription sale on BSN Denver right now. If you guys are still holding out on a BSN Denver subscription, for a limited time, you can get a one-year sub to BSN Denver for only $29.99. That's marked down from the normal price of $35.99 a year by using the promo code NUGGETS, all capitals, super easy, when signing up at bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. This new price, it comes out to just $2.50 a month. It's less than a cup of coffee. Also, we need you guys who haven't signed up for subscriptions yet to help us out. We've got a little competition going on between our Broncos Avalanche and Rockies Cruise. Whichever respective sport signs up the most subscriptions with their specific promo code. The Rockies guys have a promo code that's Rockies. The Avalanche guys have a promo code that's Avalanche and so on and so forth. So if we get the most subscribers to sign up out of all those sports with that Nuggets promo code, everybody who signed up for a subscription over this stretch is going to get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver Locker. But that's only if we sign up more subscribers than the Rockies and the Avalanche and the Broncos crew. So help us out. And you guys can get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver Locker as well. Again, bsndenver.com backslash subscribe with the promo code Nuggets. Get a one-year subscription for just $29.99. A lot of great content on the website to read after tonight's game. My chat with Paul Millsap that you can only find on BSN Denver. What Nuggets players had to say about Monte Morris getting snubbed from the Rising Stars Challenge, and of course, audio from the Nuggets locker room on the website as well. That's all I got for tonight, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, 
and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.